the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Mr. Speaker, I have an amendment at the desk. Uh, We'll dispense with the reading of it, since I need to stay on mic. But Seth Liebson, normally heard at this time, will return. It's just that today, well, it's the hauntingly familiar voice of former Arizona Congressman J.D. Hayworth, honored to be behind the microphone for Seth at six minutes past four in Phoenix, and the number to call 602-508-0960 for AM960, The Patriot. If you were with me earlier, you heard me talk about it's, it's pretty wild. You get up on Sunday morning, and of course, as is my habit, I check the news, but the little ding went off on my phone, a text from one of my former co-workers at Newsmax TV. And he says, well, looks like there's another case of Arkansas. Arkansas, for the uninitiated, the the practice, the, the unfortunate end, the premature end that some people meet when they have some sort of dealing or dealings with Bill and or Hillary Clinton. You have a veritable list of people beginning uh, as the Clintons were uh, running the state of Arkansas, the natural state. Well, <laughs> I kind of stay in natural, you know what I mean? Anyway, uh, sadly, this has uh, a genuine Phoenix connection. A very impressive young man, and I can say that now that the years have passed. This gent in his mid-40s, uh, back about this time of year in 2016, in fact, a little later in June, about June 29th, when uh, this particular gentleman, Christopher Sign was manning the live desk over at ABC 15. He would be the anchor who had cut in with breaking news, and given his portfolio, he was an investigative reporter. He had sources all over the place. So I want to play for you, it's a little less than a minute, his report on what had transpired at Sky Harbor International Airport late June of 2016 when he was manning the live desk at ABC 15. In a very interesting meeting on the tarmac at Sky Harbor International Airport, as ABC 15 has confirmed, former President Bill Clinton was in town and met up with U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch as she was arriving in Phoenix. Now, this meeting took place just hours before the release of the Benghazi report, so we asked her about it. I did see President Clinton at the Phoenix airport um, as I was leaving, and he spoke to myself and my husband on the plane. Um, Our conversation was uh, a great deal about his grandchildren. Uh, It was primarily social and about our travels. 
He mentioned the golf he played in Phoenix. It doesn't end there. We're told the private meeting on board her plane lasted about a half hour. Lynch then told us there was no discussion of Benghazi, of State Department emails involving Hillary Clinton, or any current matter having to do with her office. Oh, yeah, no, no, nothing to see here. Well, that reporter, Christopher Sign, knew a lot better. And once he broke this story, wow. Even the, the partisan press, this was one they had to cover. Now, here's where the Arkansas came, uh, comes in and why I got that, that text early yesterday morning from my old producer at Newsmax TV. Saturday night, Christopher Sign was found dead in his apartment in Birmingham, Alabama. You see, he left ABC 15, went back. He was, this, this guy was incredibly accomplished. He had played on the offensive line at Alabama. He had married uh, a young lady who was a uh, volleyball player and I think may have been named the MVP, but there she was as a volleyball player, another student athlete at Alabama. They had three sons, and this tragedy emerges well after the election of 2016, but it was last year. In fact, New Year's Day, January 1st, lost amidst all the, all the Anthony Fauciisms and all the COVID. In later months, the release of a book entitled Secret on the Tarmac by Christopher Sign. And he laid it out. Here's, here's the way it was described. Uh, well, ironically, <laughs> at Amazon.com, they, they, they may not agree with what goes on, but I guess they're still willing to sell the book. The plan was perfect. No cameras, no microphones, no prying eyes, and plenty of security. The setting for a clandestine meeting could not have been better. Former President Bill Clinton exited Attorney General Loretta Lynch's private plane 20 minutes after he boarded. Both thought they got away with it. Both were wrong. Amid a heated presidential race, federal investigations involving emails and Benghazi and society looking for clarity on the future of the country, the secret tarmac meeting would only complicate things. The secret meeting would never have been revealed if it weren't for a veteran journalist and a trusted source. The veteran journalist who worked so capably here at ABC 15 by his own count on his LinkedIn page, some 17 years, who returned to Birmingham? The police are investigating the demise of Christopher Sign as, quote, a suicide. You will forgive me if I return to the word Arkansas, because it was not only... My one-time producing colleague, my producer colleague at Newsmax TV, no more emails, more calls yesterday. And this is a genuine tragedy. Now, let me tell you something else about this. 
shortly after the release of his book, before all the COVID hoo-ha, Christopher Sign went on Fox and Friends on the Fox News Channel, and he was asked about not a professional price, but a personal and family price for the book and for his coverage of Tarmac Gate. You've paid the price for this career-wise. What kind of you know, what kind of threats or what have you received? Well, my family this? received significant death threats uh, shortly after breaking this story. Uh, credit cards hacked. Um, you know, my children, we have code words. We have secret code words that they know what to do. Um, and that's why I came back to WBMA, ABC 3340 in Birmingham, mm-hmm. because when I was enduring the death threats, it was my former Alabama football family and my teammates, my coaches who circled around me. And so you ask yourself, Why would this young man, now granted, Birmingham is not a major market like Phoenix, but he went back as the nightly anchor in Birmingham, a prestigious gig for a guy in his mid-40s, a guy who obviously has reporting chops. From the outside, it looks like a, a, a Norman Rockwell kind of family. Handsome athletic dad, beautiful athletic mom, three young sons. And this is what is at once cruel and cunning about the police announcement. Well, we're treating this as a suicide. So unthinkable is the act of someone like Christopher Sign taking his own life. That you, you, you're shocked to the point of revulsion. You, you almost go, well, obviously you don't know anyone's mind or heart. The Lord God Almighty does, and His Son and the Holy Spirit do, but that omniscience is not conferred upon us as frail mortals, so we don't know what goes on in anyone's mind. But for all appearances, and especially after what he had to say on Fox and Friends when his book was released, Christopher Sign was a marked man. Don't believe me? Remember when 60 Minutes used to do more than just propaganda for the left? Remember when they talked to Kathleen Willey and she talked about what the Clinton operatives did to her pet cat? Arkansas, a creative word for a destructive act. Your thoughts on it? Should we not be talking about it? 602-508-0960. Former ABC 15 reporter Christopher Sign, dead at 45. What do the signs show us? It's J.D. for Seth. We're coming right back. Hey, Dolly, I can't help it. Uh, It's J.D. (laughs) J.D. for Seth, AM 960, The Patriot. Well, I promised this to you, and I think last hour I said this hour, so I'm going to do it. Uh, Just tell you right now. The luxury of uh, returning to broadcasting from my time in politics is that uh, I don't always have to quote Grin and Barrett. Uh, Not that 
Not that I was always that kind of guy. But it's kind of curious. My little brother back in North Carolina would watch when I'd be on Fox or one of the other shows where, uh, you know, back when in the old days when they'd have two guys with different sides of the issue. And, and my brother, who who uh, looks like me, he's a blessed individual, but he, but he kind of talks like Hank Hill. He says, man, J.D., I don't say you... You, these people are saying this stuff to you, and you're smiling. Uh, now, you give better than you get. I'll give you that. But, I mean, you sit there and smile when these people are saying all this stuff to you. And then, because a variety of different things influence voters, I think you may have heard me tell this story before, but then again, maybe you, you don't remember. I, I, I will never forget this day. I'm in a Costco, and it's after I finished second in the midterms in, in 2006, after serving 12 years in the House. And, of course, the repugnant was against me and a variety of folks. And it, it didn't help when the districts were redrawn and they replaced uh, the East Valley with Tempe. Nothing, nothing personal toward the people who live in Tempe. Although it may be why I often point out that ASU is USA spelled backwards, because once you got a campus that size, with all the activists registering kids who, well, they may not have exactly been a residence of Tempe, but hey, you know, I, that was that. I didn't dispute the election. But what was interesting was uh, fast forward to Christmas time that year, and this lady comes up to me. And she says, I didn't vote for you because you ran a lazy campaign. And I said, well, ma'am, you have the right not to vote for me. But what exactly was wrong with it? And she starts this mental inventory of what she had read on the pages of the repugnant, where they even had one of my one-time Channel 10 colleagues who had been relegated to writing social stuff writing little squib things about uh, people who were little squib notes in her society column about about uh, um, speakers who went in my place to stuff. And uh, so, so the lady goes through it, and I said, well, ma'am, again, it's your right not to vote for me. Uh, and obviously you didn't vote for me, and you felt compelled to share, to share it with me. But can I suggest something to you? An election is not like sitting through a movie. You're not there to be a critic. And see, that's the thing about the horse race of campaigns. I don't blame the lady because most of the coverage is, oh, this guy, he's big and outspoken. He must be a dope. For example, plug in the opponent. Whenever the uh, taxpayer subsidized guys at NPR or its local affiliates would do stories. You ever wonder about NPR? The whole vocal pattern is if they want to induce narcolepsy. And the descriptions would always be like this. Hayworth, loud, boisterous, and unswervingly conservative, is opposed by Mr. X, a kind, thoughtful, reflective man. You know, no, and, and never mind the fact, and uh, to the left of whomever, you know, but you, but you never hear that. 
And so I suggested to the lady, um, because this was in that time between, it was Christmas time, uh, between my, uh, my technical departure from office that would come the first week in January of 2007. I said, well, ma'am, that's your right to exercise your franchise. You had a right to a secret ballot, but since you chose to, to share that with me, just wait. Because uh, socialized medicine is coming. Obamacare, uh, well, this was before Obama became president, but I said, things are in place with the left controlling Congress. You're, you're going to be looking at um, a situation that is decidedly worse than what you enjoy now. But that's fine. My point in telling you this is that Serving in office should be a calling. This is my career. But now, I guess after <laughs> describing what that lady did, I've I've been through it. I've, uh, you know, lifetime six and two. It's not a game, but that's not a bad record. So I know what works and I know what does not work, at least in my estimation. And as it stands right now, There are three Republican candidates who have declared that they will pursue the nomination of the Republican Party to challenge uh, Senator Mark Kelly. Uh, They would be Jim Lehman and Mick McGuire and uh, the State Attorney General Mark Brnovich. Now, I don't have my eye on the clock, so how much time do I have? Do I have time? Two minutes. Well, uh, Mark, uh, I'm sorry, General Brnovich, in announcing his campaign, sent out this email sent from his two dogs. Uh, The subject line, woof, this is doggone tough. Life has been a tad rough lately. Our dad, Mark Brnovich, has been gone for ages out traversing Arizona, helping Arizonans by fighting fraud, ensuring election integrity, and stopping a socialist takeover in our backyard. When we do get to see him, it talks our ears off about the need for a return to proven and principled conservative leadership. Democrat Party puppet Mark Kelly is the lapdog of Washington's darkest special interest, advocating for open borders and deficit-tripling budgets. To be honest, we don't know what any of that means. We're dogs. We know that's bad. Just as bad as our current lack of belly rubs. Friend, do you think that's bad, too? Will you join us on the Bruno Brigade? See, it's kind of tough with his last name. I nicknamed him Attorney General Novals. He does have an O and an I, but up front, where you'd expect like a U is not there. Will you join us in the Bruno Brigade? Our dad promised us a treat for every American we got behind him. So they want your money. Well, Mark... It's going to take a lot more than an email like that, pal. Uh, I just got to tell you, it wasn't the best idea. And I say that as a candidate and a former office holder, and yeah, I guess as a critic. Now, if you want to defend Mark Brnovich over this goofy email, you let me know. If you want to chime in for the other two Republican candidates, or you you like the grooming habits of Uncle Fester, I'm sorry, Senator Kelly, 
You let me know about that too. 602 508 0960. AM 960 is the Patriot. It's JD for Seth on KKNT. More after this. American made and Arizona proud uh, former Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Seth, AM 960, The Patriot. Now, before the news break, as we are here at 434 Mountain Standard, Pacific Daylight Time, it's kind of interchangeable. There's a good story about it. I may get to that story later tonight. The inner workings of Arizona politics, and boy, if we really wanted to... And, well, not influence, but no, we'll say uh, the inside untold story of influence peddlers in Arizona and that four-letter word, time. That's still to come. Time to renew the topic I was talking about before the break. Look, I I can almost understand the rationale of Mark Brnovich, or A.G. Novals, at least in the first part of his name. Mark Brnovich um, putting out an email allegedly from his dogs. Because I'll just, something I learned on the campaign trail. The, um, there there was like a, a big club in Scottsdale for canine enthusiasts. And people were showing up. It was a huge thing. And they were happy to see their congressman. So pooches and politics can mix. But the trouble is, and I don't know if uh, Mark has hired Martha McSally's uh, old advisors. But I remember this hoo-ha from uh, former congresswoman and former Senator McSally. Where her dog was sending out fundraising appeals. And uh, I just don't think it works. I mean, now, on, on the other hand, you have Sheriff Joe, and remember, Sheriff Joe would go in and crack down on animal cruelty. And by P.S., happy birthday, Sheriff Joe, on Flag Day. 89 years of excellence on this planet. And again, happy birthday. President Trump, 75 today. And again, happy birthday, American flag. 245 years and happy birthday, United States Army. 246 years old today. But uh, Pivo and Rajika Brnovich, the canines... Sending out an email, uh, the subject line, woof, this is doggone tough. And then the opening sentence, life has been a tad rough lately. Would you like to read on that? Our dad, Mark Brenovich, has been gone for ages, out traversing Arizona and talking about the good stuff he does. And then they go through the obligatory uh, characterization of the incumbent Democrat. And then in bold, to be honest, we don't know what any of that means. We're dogs, but we know that's bad, just as bad as the current lack of belly rubs. And then it devolves into, won't you please give? 
Martha did this last time out, and it didn't work. Now, I'm I'm neutral in this thing. I've got a pal running, but I'm neutral in this thing. At least right now on the air, I'm not prepared to make an endorsement. On the other hand, you know, a couple of the other candidates have endorsements. Uh, my old pal Jim O'Connor, now on the uh, Arizona Corporation Commission, where he, of course, is a commissioner. So I guess we'd call him Commissioner O'Connor. Jim O'Connor has, in, has endorsed uh, Mick McGuire. And um, I'm thinking, right, this is what happened. You know what's, what's really funny? I served in Congress with a guy named Howard Coble. And Howard, when he was in his 60s, he'd say, he'd be talking about something, ah, sing your moment. And then he'd continue the conversation, and what he was thinking, ah, sing your moment, recovered. Well, I'm going to track down the name that's swimming around in here. It's, it's going to come back to me. When we come back, I'll tell you about another political heavyweight in the Republican Party endorsing another candidate. And I know it's early, but I'm kind of interested. Where do you think this thing is going to end up in the race for the U.S. Senate to challenge Mark Kelly? 602-508-0960. For Seth, it's J.D. on AM 960, The Patriot, KKNT. Oh, coming back in with the late, great Glenn Campbell. What a great guy. We we went to church together. I, I even got to teach a Bible study. And if you told me when I was a little kid, watching Glenn Campbell on the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour, that we would be friends, freak, it just would be freaky. It's like one day in my congressional office. Some guy's on the phone claiming to be Glenn Campbell. Well, that's him. Put him through. Rest his soul, and what a good man. And if you haven't seen the documentary about how he battled Alzheimer's, it is worth your time. And uh, you know the fact is, is we all grow up, and maybe we become more sensitized to it because of the specter of some sort of problem later on. I was joking before the break about my old pal Howard Coble, who'd be in a conversation, go, ah, say your moment, and he continued the ah, say your moment recovered. So in my case, say your moment recovered. I mentioned earlier how uh, Jim O'Connor, the Arizona Corporation Commissioner, has already endorsed retired Major General Mick McGuire for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate. And I was thinking of a guy, and he's a big dude, and I knew his initials were like mine because he used to make a joke on the campaign trail when he was running statewide. Yeah, after J.D. had that campaign, a little stick on J.D. with with uh, exclamation mark, I got him at a cheaper price. That's what I'll do as state treasurer. Made me the foil of his anecdote, Jeff DeWitt, who resigned that job early to take a gig in the Trump administration and then ended up working the campaign, and now is back with uh, Jim Lehman, one of the, uh, I guess he's, I don't know if the formal endorsement is out, but I know he's been an advisor to Jim Lehman, a, a businessman who is running for the Republican nomination for the Senate. And then there's, of course, 
Mark Brinovich, who put out the doggy uh, solicitation. And I'm just going to leave it alone. I, I've said enough about it. I just don't think it was a good idea. It didn't work for Martha McSally. And um, Mark, I'm going to be surprised if it works for you. But there's no need to subject you to any more public castigation and criticism because I've been there. And, you know, truth be told, there were a few ideas that didn't work too well. The, the greatest idea we had when Jim Jeffords, rest his soul, switched parties. We put out the the Jim Jeffords uh, uh, barf bag. And man, was that a money, in direct mail back in the, the days. But now Jim belongs to the ages. I mentioned that not to criticize him, but just to point out some direct mail or email solicitations work. Others don't. Somebody who is hard at work, <laughs> like that segue, somebody who's hard at work, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the member of Congress from New York City. New York City, that's right, New York City. Uh, she was on CNN's State of the Union yesterday. And uh, boy, this news is going to make her mad. The Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, is not going to hear an election lawsuit targeting California's winner-take-all electoral vote status. Because, see, the scam on the left is to try and take away 270 votes. No, no, it should be reflective of the popular vote. So she's going to be mad about that. She was asked about uh, Mr. Justice Breyer. Should Stephen Breyer resign for the Supreme Court? And when giving her answer, she went after, though not by name, Senator uh, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona and Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who want to keep the filibuster that'll keep H.R. 1... Uh, from getting on the floor. And so she said this yesterday about how you got to win elections and the courts and all that's involved. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Especially if Senate Democrats are not going to pass reforms on H.R. 1, we cannot rely solely on on a wish of winning elections oh yeah we can't rely on that we gotta have the courts to reinterpret our policy things so we can get done not at the ballot box but at the plaintiff's bar of the high tribunal what we need to get done on the left but wait there's more listen to this cut five uh, when voting rights are under attack in Georgia, Arizona, um, and, and Texas, across the country, and if we're not going to pass H.R. 1 with the preemptive clauses that can roll some of that uh, voter suppression attacks back, yeah, I believe that we should protect our Supreme Court, and I thought that should absolutely be a consideration. A consideration should be get rid of Mr. Justice Breyer because at 82 he's too old and he's not leftist enough. The heck with the law... We, we just want to use the courts to get what we want. But can, can I, I just want to go back. This is like the old days of Top 40 when you get an instant replay. Can you play cut four again? Just listen one more time to AOC. Especially if Senate Democrats are not going to pass reforms on H.R. 1, we cannot rely solely on, on a wish of winning elections. We can't rely solely on a wish 
of winning elections. We have to take preemptive. Now, now just stick with me on this. It's not only the court. Let's take, for example, and even before you get into all the hoo-ha about uh, weighted votes and spoiled ballots and all of which we're going to get into next hour with the audit continuing for Maricopa County down at the Coliseum. But this hour, here's the simplest thing that people did. States like Pennsylvania. Now, Arizona, let's be fair. We went to vote by mail years ago. Not exclusively vote by mail, but you have that option. And so old Vernon says to Mildred, Mildred, I don't want to go stand in line. I'm going to vote early by mail. Well and good. But let me challenge your thinking on this, Verno. As you tell Mildred, yeah, let's vote by mail, it's easier. Understand what you interpret as an act of convenience can be utilized for connivance. What do I mean? If it's not like the old days of an absentee ballot where you go in and sign in front of a witness the legal act of exercising the franchise, if you fill out the ballot at home, Okay, but what about those who are now in retirement homes? Or what about those who hear from people, uh, oh, we'll be happy to take that for you. You filled out the, we'll take it in for you. And what about the specter of replacing your ballot with another? You see, the mail is useful for a lot of things, but what is convenience becomes connivance. And uh, with all the other hoo-ha going on, the simple fact is, if you want to steal an election, you can do it by mail. Which leads us back to the whole expression, ah, don't worry, I mailed it in. A few other thoughts about this coming up. Like, why not... Make Election Day, Election Day. And how is it voter suppression to make sure you are who you claim to be when you go cast a vote? Questions like that, questions for our times, questions that deserve answers, and you shall get them in mere moments. It's J.D. for Seth, AM 960, The Patriot. Well, of course they do. Or you may have come here looking for Seth. He'll be back uh, in the interim, at least for the rest of today's program, barring some unforeseen circumstance where management comes in and hauls me off. A former United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth of Arizona, also former Channel 10 sports anchor, which opens up a whole thing about somebody else who was on television, Carrie Lake. Running for governor. Now that I'm a columnist for a lot of papers from the Times Media Group, they have all these community papers, I do look forward to writing a column about Kerry because the headline is just too obvious. Lake takes the plunge. Kind of reverses things, but you see what I'm saying. Uh, so, let me just 
leave it for you real simple here. What AOC and others call voter suppression. And I had this via social media with one of the guys with whom I grew up. And he is a dyed-in-the-wool leftist, and he starts this hoo-ha about voter suppression. And I said, well, gee, you know, you're so, you, 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 you've invested so much of yourself in this bone of, con, uh, of contention from uh, the Biden-Harris team that maybe you'll get a chance to visit the White House. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you'll have to have your ID... Uh, Give them your social security number and your date of birth if you want to be in the presence of the president and or vice president of the United States. Now, using the language of voter suppression, should we not call that citizen suppression? I mean, it's not voter suppression to make sure... Voters are who they claim to be. It's ballot integrity. They apply it when you want to go see the president of the United States. Oh, there's just one little thing about this. I got to depart for a second. You know the shorthand about your social security number? When when somebody, wait, you got to give us your social. What is this stuff about your social? I mean, it's just dopey. This kind of slang where it's not your social security number. We're going to need the last four digits of your social. Gee. But that's just me. Maybe you share that idea. But the bottom line is this. If you got to have photo ID to cash a check, if you got to have photo ID to board an aircraft and engage in commercial travel, and nowadays, if you have to have photo ID to visit a doctor and the President of the United States, along with your date of birth and your title, it ain't suppression. It's protection. In this case, protecting the franchise and the right to vote. Coming back with more on the audit of Maricopa County, on what the Attorney General of the United States is threatening, and more. It's J.D. for Seth. 